99.999% of us are walking around with unhealed trauma and it doesn't have to be big trauma. It, trauma is about receiving messages that are lies at the smallest level to the biggest level. It's not simply a decision, oh, I'm going to be awake today or I'm going to be conscious. It is a process of going inward and going on that inner journey to heal oneself. And very few of us take that inner journey. Welcome back to Inspire Change with Jordan Mulligan. And today I sit down with the amazing Dr. Shafali, who when I was speaking to was on the release of her book. And we were talking about parenting, which to me is super, super interesting. I have a son and I think the way in which we raise, teach our children, our nieces, our nephews, our little brothers and sisters is sets a tone for our life. This is my experience with uh, learning new skills as well. So there's a selfish approach to this as a parent, that you can read something and you'll, you'll soak it in. You can watch something, you'll soak it in. Uh, you can listen to something, you'll soak it in. Then you can do the thing and you really start to embody the skill or the way of being, the philosophy, the teaching, the methodology, but where it is really, really cemented into who you are is when you teach somebody else it. And when you teach somebody who's as important as your son or your child or your niece or your nephew, or, or as you, if you're a teacher, that is where you really cement it and embody a teaching or a philosophy. So be careful what you teach, but also, start teaching people, start sharing knowledge and wisdom with people and really think about what you are sharing with your children. But that's my experience. That's something that I wanted to talk to Dr. Shafali about, but there are a ton more amazing things, especially how our parents affected us and the ways we are today and the, the ways of being that we have and some of the traumas we may carry with us unknowingly that affect our life and how we can strip them back and change our lives. Today, I talk with Dr. Shafali exactly about that. Today's video was sponsored by Huel, a quick, affordable, nutritionally complete source of food with everything that your body needs. Use code JordanMulligan10 at checkout for a discount. The link is down below and make sure you follow and subscribe. Let's dive into this amazing episode with Dr. Shafali. For those who don't know, please just introduce yourself and what you do. I'm Dr. Shafali. I'm a clinical psychologist, but I'm also a speaker. I speak all around the world and write books on conscious parenting and mindful living. Lovely. So, and getting into sort of psychology and those kind of things, what led you into sort of that practice? Well, you know, just watching, uh, you know, people come through my practice in so much pain and trying to help them and recover really from their past. I began to see that most of their recovery was from childhood trauma and drama. And, and that was the focus. So when I began to see the recurrent themes showing up over and over again, I began to realize that the parents are unconscious. And, you know, we know that on, on a generic level, but when you really begin to see how it impacts adults, you begin to realize that, wow, we need to help parents become better parents. And then I became a parent and I was messing up all over the place. So, and I saw my unconscious be so wild and out of control 
that's when I committed to helping parents become more conscious because there is no help. You know, we become parents, we're told that we'll just know what to do, but there is no school, there's no license, there's no degree, there's no continuing ed, there's no supervision, no regulation. And this is the most difficult job in the world and the most important thing we'll ever do. So it just fired me up to realize that, wow, we better help parents if we want to ever hope to heal future generations. So my work is called Conscious Parenting. It is drastically different from the way you and I were perhaps parented. And it's a new model. It's a new paradigm where the parent really looks at their crap and parents themselves. So it's provocative for parents. Parents don't like to look at their own issues. They like to blame the child and fix the child. But that's half the problem. The more we try to fix the child and control the child, the more dysfunction we create. So this is what I I teach in this book, The Parenting Map. It's a new book that's out this week. So I'm really excited about it because it will give us step-by-step how-to parents can become uh, more conscious. I love it. And I I can't wait to dive into this. I'm really interested when you say generate, like for future generations, but looking back through the generations, is that trauma? Because if we're passing it on as parents, is it generational that it kind of finds its way through our families and into our own lives? It really does. And it it sounds like it would be obvious, but obviously most of us think that somehow we will miss it. We will escape it. It'll skip us, but it doesn't skip anybody. And every generation and every family has some kind of suppressed unhealed trauma that will show up in the next generation. I mean, I can almost guarantee it. Now, of course, if somebody has done a lot of inner work to heal themselves, they can be the pattern disruptors. But for the most part, we think we're fine. And we don't realize the uncanny and unconscious ways that our crap gets passed down to our children. And it's really not fair to our children And it wasn't fair to us. You know, things were passed down to us that were perhaps extremely grossly toxic. And our parents did not take the accountability and the the charge to heal themselves. And then we had to bear the brunt of that. And it's not fair. So my work really helps parents uh, dissolve their pain, dissolve their trauma, so that to the best of their ability, they're not passing down a whole, you know, bucket load of of crap onto their children which is really most of our parenting is that it's just passing down crap sorry to put it that way i love it no so typically i know i know there's so many different types of uh situations and trauma that people are passing passing down but typically what are situations that you see come up quite a lot well you know uh, you know the uh rejection of the child in in the most essential ways where the parent doesn't realize that they are trying to fit the child into their perfect fantasy of who the child should be versus connecting with who the child is so typically we are we are of the mindset that we have supreme control over these children and we can create them to be these supersonic adults these perfect human beings and as long as we do that we will fail to truly connect with our children. And then our children will go out into the world with this bottomless void of unworthiness. You know, all addiction, all dysfunctional behavior, dysfunctional relationships really emerge from a lack of inner wholeness and a lack of inner well-being. And that foundation 
is embedded in childhood. So we as parents are not the only influence in our children's lives, but we are a profound influence. And we need to take that charge quite seriously so that we can pass on to our children this wholeness that perhaps we never had ourselves. So what, how would you briefly explain what conscious parenting is? So conscious parenting is where the parent focuses on their own inner parenting. They parent themselves. And what that means is that they do not see themselves as the superior, righteous, you know, dogmatic controllers of their children, but instead as allies and guides, helping their children flourish in their best uh, ability. The traditional parenting paradigm that uh, was in place before conscious parenting focused on the supreme control of the parent. The child was somebody they needed to fix, manage, curate into this perfect museum piece. And if the child you know, heaven's sake, disobeyed or did not comply, then they were punished. And they were typically punished in very primitive ways through shaming, guilting, blaming, and, uh, you know, many times spanking or, you know, slapping and yelling at their children because children were seen in that model as puppets, as possessions of the parent. So the parent had full right to unleash whatever they wished onto their children. And, and that's really not fair. So the parent never had to look at themselves. The parent never had to say, how am I setting up this dynamic? What am I doing right now that is actually causing my child to act in ways that are undesirable? But I am part of it. And parents never want to look at their part, their co-creation. They simply want to externalize the problem. And then the child grows up feeling all sorts of shame, all sorts of unworthiness, because they can never match up to what the parents have put out there as a standard. It's really interesting you say that. There's a, a documentary out at the moment about a really famous YouTuber in the UK called KSI. And his he in, in the documentary, his father had never told him that he loved his son. He'd never said it. And he felt really upset. He was really upset about that. He never felt worthy of his father's love. And his father, they, in the documentary they spoke about, and his father says, yeah, I, of course I love you. And, he, and then they had this moment where they, they said it and they spoke about it. But the conversation around, around that was that it was his father who also never said he loved him. And that's why in his head, he, it, it, as a good parent, it was to just provide for his son, be there financially and provide. And the, that extension of love, he never learned himself. So he never extended that to um, his, his own son. The, the idea of the controlling parent, that's the one that um, I think we see quite frequently. Like you say, the, the spanking or the, the ruling authority is I am the father, I am the mother, this is what is going to happen, you are listening to me because that's who I am. What damage can that have on somebody? Like, What are the effects that that has on a child? Well, you know, this is the typical model, what you just talked about, that the parent uh, unleashes authority without any, you know, consciousness, really. And what ends up happening is that the child uh, begins to imbibe that suppression and imbibe that oppression and doesn't feel safe or secure or free to feel seen, heard, validated in the ways that they need. So they walk out into the world as adults with that sense of inner suppression, inner oppression. And then 
they are unable to assert themselves in in conscious ways. Maybe they become also dogmatic and tyrannical in their dealings outside, or they become suppressed and weak and non-assertive and can't hold a boundary, right? So typically, uh, females who are raised with this very male, you know, dominated masculine uh, energy, even if it comes from the mom, it doesn't matter. If it's the masculine energy of you do what I say and you don't talk back and you're to be seen and not heard, well, then we imbibe that message that we are not worthy of our expression. So we kind of suppress that. And if it's a it's a female, on top of that, we as females, daughters especially, are told to be nice, to be obedient, to be polite, to be kind. And, and so we mistake all of that to mean we are not good enough. We are not important. And uh, typically for a male son, for example, he may interpret that to be, oh, okay, so I was controlled. I can go out and control others because of that same masculine energy resonating more with the male. And I'm talking in stereotypical ways here, so I'm not trying to offend anyone. But But this is how patterns get passed down over and over, and we don't take charge of how it is we as parents are actually creating the oppression that we see and don't want in our children. We want our children to be leaders and brave and uh, out there, but we are actually creating the suppression. If we were to take a somebody who was embarking on conscious parenting, how would they encourage their child for success, to be prosperous, to be happy? So the main premise of conscious parenting is connection before correction. Of course, we have to correct and create boundaries and safe conditions for our children to thrive. But we first need to make sure that we as parents are not doing that out of blind reactivity, out of blind ego. So the first premise is connect before you correct. So connection means what? It means that I, as a parent, need to first connect to my own inner wholeness so that I can then connect to my child as a whole person, not a puppet, not a creation of a mini me, but a whole person. And when I can connect to who my child is in their essence, then I can help contour the conditions to help that essence to flourish versus transplanting my kid from the essence and putting them into my box. So it's about really seeing your child for their strengths and their limitations. And every human has limitations. You know, we as parents want to create these superhumans who have no limitations. And in doing that, we actually make our children feel rotten. We 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 need to have practical estimates of who we are and who our children are. And the more we allow and embrace our limitations to just exist. It's okay. We don't have to be A++ in every single thing. Neither do our children. We actually teach our children to be more secure in who it is they are. So for a practical example, if our child comes home and says, mom, I really, really struggle in math. Instead of saying, oh, no, you don't, you know, you can be amazing at math. We're thinking, we're encouraging them, but we're not. Instead, we are disavowing their limitation. Maybe we need to say something like, I hear you, I hear you, child. You know, I see that you're really struggling. It's okay to struggle. You know, you don't have to be excellent at every single thing. Maybe math is not your thing. Let's get you the help. Let's try to improve, but you don't have to kill yourself. You don't have to be a superstar in everything. Be good at what you're good at and honor that and hone that and tone that and let's flourish that and the rest 
just accept that, okay, you're allowed to be average in some things, but we'll get you the help so you can keep improving. What a different message versus saying, no, you're, you're going, you can be great at math and you are good at math and push yourself and oh my goodness, then the kid grows up thinking they have to be the astronaut, the physicist, the theatrical kid, the artist, the, you know, the writer. No, we, none of us are that. So we have to really, instead of making our children go beyond what they are capable of, we parents have literally a movie in our head for who our children should be. And we literally are dictating the script page by page. And then when the child is a bad actor and not cooperating, you know, we want to fire them. No, we need to examine the movies that we have in our mind, our fantasies, and really crush those, burn those, because they are causing so much rupture between ourselves and our children. You know, delta between our expectations and the reality creates the dysfunction. The more the delta between those two, between our fantasies, our movie of what our life should be like with our children and who our children really are, that's where the dysfunction is. That's where the separation exists. And that movie doesn't come from our children. It comes from us, the parent, because of these fantasies we have. And and I often tell my my clients that your fantasies for your, your child's greatness comes from your own inner emptiness because you don't feel quote unquote great enough. You project this lack onto your children because children come great, great in who they are, not great according to your metrics, but great in who they are. And and we think we're, we're creating them instead of allowing them to simply flourish. So when our mindset comes from this creation mindset, like we're playing the hand of God, it's really dangerous because it's full of what I call the parental ego. And as long as we parent from ego, we will miss connecting to the essence of the child before us. So this is where parents need to wake up. And this is what my book, The Parenting Map, teaches parents how to break out of our ego and truly connect with our children. I hope you're enjoying this episode so far. Today's video was powered by Huel, a quick, affordable, nutritionally complete source of food with everything that your body needs. When I'm flying around the world to make the documentaries and host the podcast, it's very difficult to find a nutritionally complete meal, especially as a plant-based athlete as well. In America, it can be difficult. So to know I can reach it in my bag and grab a bottle of Huel and it has everything that I need to crack on with the day, the protein, the nutrition, all the vitamins, everything is absolutely unbelievable. So if you want to find out more, head to the link in the description. Use code JordanMulligan10 at checkout for a discount. And yeah, let's dive back in to the episode. As adults, how much of like the way in which we are was affected or preconceived by our childhood, by what we, our experiences of childhood and, and a lot of that, I guess, how our parents treated us? Oh my goodness, so much. I mean, of course, every significant relationship will have an impact. Of course, if we were bullied in the schoolyard, we are going to remember that. Of course, if we face any trauma in life, it'll all have an imprint. But that early bond between parent and child, between zero to 10 years old, especially zero to seven, I know you have a six-year-old, this is very important because it sets the foundation 
of their psychology going forward. And I don't want parents to feel pressure as in guilt or shame for the negative things that they've already done. Children are resilient and our relationship with them is a long one. So we can always recover and redial and rebirth a new connection. So we don't have to feel pressure and anxious, but we need to take charge of our consciousness during those early years because our consciousness will impact them greatly. And you know, the sad thing about parents is that we have children when we're kind of young and dumb, you know, we don't know any better. So children need us to be our most elevated when they are our youngest, but we are so young and, you know, out of sync with so much in our own lives that it's a, it's kind of a mismatch, but it's okay. What I teach in my books is how you can grow with your children, how your children can be your greatest awakeners. But we parents have to be willing to do that inner work. If we're not willing to do the inner work, then we will never break out of these patterns. So in the presence of a child, um, you know, let's take my son, for example, six years old. What kind of things am I, am I trying to be conscious? Uh, am I trying to be present in that moment? Like, what are the things that I should be doing as a father? Well, the the practical steps of consciousness are many. There are many, many steps. And in my book, I have 20 steps. And each one comes with a practice exercise because it's deep work. Well, what we're talking about right now is just concept. But in practice, it would look like deep presence, focus, attention, not being distracted, and coming from an attitude of unconditional acceptance. So even if your child is misbehaving, your instinct is not to be blindly reactive and scream and yell and punish and shame, but to understand, okay, I'm going to come with unconditional acceptance. My child is misbehaving, but I also know that they are really very good deep down. So it's not about being bad. It's about understanding why they are out of alignment with their inner goodness. So I talk about in this book, to look for the signs, S-I-G-N, something inside gone negative. What is it that is gone wrong within my child that is causing them to act in these ways that are that I call misbehaviors? Instead of changing the behavior and yelling at the behavior and screaming at the behavior, we look within to ask, why is the child behaving that way? Because I'm coming from this place of unconditional acceptance. If I was coming from a place of conditional acceptance, then I would be like, oh, my child is now acting bad. So I'm going to treat them badly. You see, and then when my child acts good, I reward them. So I come from this carrot and stick mentality of constantly being conditional. Is my child good or is my child bad? Is my child bad? Is my child good? That needs to be done away with. And instead, we need to come with this unconditional acceptance, meaning my child is always good, but now they are misbehaving because something inside has gone awry. So can I tap into what's gone awry inside them so I can help them to flourish outside? I've seen this before, and I, I probably have experienced it myself as well. The some of my most successful friends, even, um, or in the eyes of other people, successful, they, I think, are driven off the approval they didn't receive from their parents, and they still are driven by that today. Um, how, how much of how much can be fixed now between, let's take a, a 25, 30 year old man who 
did never got the uh, uh, approval of his mother or you know a situation like that can that mother do something about that now or is it too is it is it something that can only be done in childhood no it's never too late for a parent to show up for their kid and that's what i teach in this book it is not for young kids only it's never too late for a parent to show up to their kid and go you know what i totally screwed up I used to treat you with conditional acceptance. I never fully unconditionally embraced you because I was effed up. And here I am to tell you, you are free now to be who you are because I do not any longer conditionally accept you. I unconditionally accept you. And I'm here to tell you that you are worthy, that you are good you you are right you are you are strong you are powerful and so is blind now imagine if we as adults get that from our parents what an amazing release that is so that we no longer need to be hungry for our parents validation but instead can just set ourselves free to go okay i don't need to be hungry anymore but you know what you're absolutely correct not just your successful friends what i see in my practice is that all of us in some way or another are wounded from childhood and are suffering from those wounds. And we're thirsty to be seen as worthy, significant and valid. And that is what drives us. And we put that on the external world. We try to get it from our careers. We try to get it from now it's TikTok followers and Instagram followers. And then it's the uh, partner. And then it's our children. We're trying to get proxy validation through these surrogates and it will never come up to speed because the only thing now that we can do if we did not get it in childhood is to give it to ourselves, is to reparent ourselves. And this book, The Parenting Map, really teaches parents how to reclaim what they were missing from childhood and begin to give it to ourselves so that we don't use our children. We don't use our relationships uh, to fill our inner cup. And we, we really come to the world with this fullness and wholeness. Yeah, I uh, completely agree with that. I think how, how much would you say can be unconscious, you know, as, as, a, as an adult, you know, I think a, a lot, a lot of the times I would say I'm a certain way and it's not because of how my father was, you know, like I think, and I guess in your practice, you see that a lot where people don't, can't even connect the dots. How many people are walking around with this unconscious trauma that they, re they received as, as children? 99.999% of us are walking around with unhealed trauma and it doesn't have to be big trauma. It, trauma is about receiving messages that are lies at the smallest level to the biggest level, right? So if, if a child is raped in childhood, that's a big trauma. And, and the message that child gets is that your body is not uh, sacred. You are owned by me. I am, your, I am your owner and your ruler. And I will take what I want when I want. If, if the child is, uh, you know, just simply told that they are dumb or stupid or that they are so bad, that's a quote unquote smaller trauma than the rape, but they're still being raped on an emotional level, right? So we are also 
traumatized by culture. Culture has told us that we need to be successful in a certain way. We need to look a certain way. We are supposed to be pretty a certain way, handsome a certain way. So if we're not, then we're traumatized by those lies. So these are all lies. The From the rape to the message that we're not beautiful are all lies. And so in some way, we are all traumatized by these lies of culture, by the lies of our parents' unconsciousness. So to awaken is not simply a decision. Oh, I'm going to be awake today or I'm going to be conscious. It is a process of going inward and going on that inner journey to heal oneself. And very few of us take that inner journey to go within and truly recuperate all the uh, missing pieces, all the damage that has been done in childhood. How do we reach that? How, how do we reach a point? Does something bad have to happen to reach a point where we go, let me reassess everything and then that consciousness comes in or can we find a way to it before something bad happens? Yeah, you, we would ideally want to find our way to it before something bad happens, but we humans seem to have a proclivity toward great pain and we only wake up when there's great pain. But I do think that our children are a way to get there before it's terribly traumatic, but we have to be willing. So what does it take to wake up? It takes a very curious, insightful person to say, you know what, I need to become more aware of myself. I'm not aware. My thoughts rule me. I'm obsessively ruled and dictated by my monkey mind. I want to still my mind. I want to be in charge of my mentality and my emotions. And if inevitably, that will take a person to meditation because meditation is the only way to become aware of oneself. Some sort of meditative practice is important because what is meditation? Meditation is looking inward and observing oneself. When do we ever give ourselves the chance in this busy modern world to observe ourselves? But if you don't have observation, you do not have awareness. If you don't have awareness, you do not have an elevated state of consciousness because an elevated state of consciousness means that you are able to deconstruct yourself and your reality with a with a wisdom and an awareness that is not passionate, that is not emotional, that is equanimous. But that can only happen when we create the faculty of awareness. And we don't have that. So most of us are simply reactive. We're not aware. And becoming aware will allow you to then choose your thoughts. Rather than letting your thoughts choose you, you are now in the driver's seat to choose your path, choose your responses, choose your thoughts. But most of us, don't have that faculty because we haven't developed the muscle of inner mindfulness. So mindfulness is the key. Without it, we will be just puppeteered by the external world, just reactive and explosive and damaging and toxic. The last one I just wanted to ask is, and I think it's the most important is, how would you explain to a parent the importance of their role as a parent? Like the, the the way and how important it is to parent our children and the impact that's going to have on our children and the future generations. So in the traditional parenting model, the role of the parent was the supreme ruler, the mighty king or queen, the despot, the tyrant gets to control the child, tell the child, these are the tradition, this is what I expect from you, do it or be doomed. In the conscious parenting model, the role is very different. The role is first of the parent to evolve themselves so that they show up for their children in the most conscious way possible. So I give the challenge to the parent that, hey, you aren't even worthy just now to raise your children until you raise yourself. 
And I teach you how in my book, The Parenting Math. The second thing is that our role is not to dictate them or to control them. Our role is to be their guides and their ushers and their awakeners, but also to allow them to awaken us. So it is a partnership. It is a very mutually reciprocal relationship where we both engage together to raise the child to their best potential. You are not, uh, you know, to use your children to fill your inner void. You are not here to expect and demand and command them and fantasize them into whoever you want them to be. You are here to truly shepherd them into their, their greatest authenticity. So our role as a parent is to keep handing the baton of empowerment and inner knowing back to the child. So although we know best many times, so can we inculcate in our children their capacity to know best for themselves. So we can keep giving the baton to our children to know themselves better, to connect to themselves better. And that is the greatest gift we can give our children. I love it. So you've got the new book coming out. Where I will link that down below, but where else can people find resources of you? Like, where would you direct people? Sure, they can come to my website. It's drfordrshifali.com. I have a coaching institute that is online that trains parents and non-parents to become coaches to work with families. Uh, this is my fifth book. Uh, it's called The Parenting Map, so you can buy that. And also, I have tons of courses. I have relationship courses. I have parenting courses. I have healthy living courses. So they can go there and uh, grab a course. Thank you so much for today. I'm definitely going to be grabbing a copy. Um, so I'm really excited to dive into it. I'm sure I've got a lot of things to work on as well. So thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you so much for watching this episode. I hope you gained something from it. Uh, to me, the idea that we had these ways of being with par our parents and our parenting and um, growing up is really interesting. And you, when you start to actually take that perspective and you really start to look, you can really see where you might carry some insecurities or issues or um, maybe explains the way you handle your relationships because of the way you grew up. It's really interesting. So thank you to Dr. Shafali. Her stuff is linked down below. And today's video was sponsored by Huel. So thank you to Huel for sponsoring us. Use code JordanMulligan10 at checkout with the link in the description for a discount. And also thank you to everybody who supported us at MulliganBrothers.com with the posters and the journals. Use code 2024 for buy one, get one free. I know it's a bombardment, guys, sometimes, but I can't thank you guys enough for the support. This year has been our biggest year yet. Uh, it's been our best January ever. Uh, the views are amazing. The comments, you know, the subscribers going up. We just hit 600,000. It's been amazing. So I'm off to New York to film more episodes for you. So please hang around, subscribe, and all that kind of stuff. Have a blessed and productive day, and I'll see you in the next one. Peace.